Today, we've got a couple serious sellers in the show with really cool backstories. One seller started with a $3,000 investment and he turned that into a nearly $1 million exit and now lives as a digital nomad. The other seller was a seven-figure seller on eBay and even got into Britain's version of the show Shark Tank. How cool is that? Pretty cool, I think. Want to enter in an Amazon keyword and then within seconds get up to thousands of potentially related keywords that you could research? Then you need Magnet by Helium 10. For more information, go to h10.me forward slash Magnet. Magnet works in most Amazon marketplaces, including USA, Mexico, Australia, Germany, UK, India, and much more. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Serious Sellers Podcast by Helium 10. I'm your host, Bradley Sutton, and this is the show that's completely BS-free, unscripted, and unrehearsed organic conversation about serious strategies for serious sellers of any level in the e-commerce world. And we've got a couple sellers from different parts of the world, actually, today for the first time on the show, uh, Reggie and Kunal. Am I, am I, am I pronouncing your uh, name right? Reggie, where are you at right now? I'm currently traveling through the States, just got done with Seattle, and then uh, heading to Lisbon soon. Okay. Um, is like, do you have a home base or are you full digital nomad life just on the road? Yeah. Yeah. Digital nomad, professional homeless person. I, call myself. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> I love it. And Kunal, where are you at in the world? I'm in the United Kingdom in a place called Leicester near Birmingham. Not too far. Okay. So what's the local football team there then? Let's see. Yeah. Right? Okay. That's, that's, I was like, wait a minute. That that sounds uh that sounds familiar. Weren't they the ones who had uh, like Cinderella season uh, uh a little while back? Yep. I remember that. Yeah, remember exactly. That. Okay. Cool. Cool. Excellent. Now um, I got turned on to them. Uh, they're part of our new uh, Serious Sellers Club. We have this club, uh, uh, private community within Helium Ten, where it's you uh, sellers who are doing you know, six, seven, eight figures. And so I had just thrown something out there. I'm like, hey, I'm looking for new people to, to come on the podcast. And and, and these gentlemen um, volunteered themselves. And so, like, it's it's great to, to, to have you guys on here. And I know literally nothing about either of you. Um, so what I wanted to start off with is just getting your 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 superhero origin backstories here. Let's start with uh, Reggie. Where were you uh, born and raised? Oh, sure, yeah. Um, hello, everyone. Reggie Young, born and raised in Hawaii. Uh, joined the military when I was 18. Uh my commander sent me to the Air Force Academy uh, to become an officer, but I wasn't smart enough, so I had to go to a prep school for like a year. Kept having to start over and over. Uh, really, really was passionate about business. After our graduation, I wanted to do like the most business-related job in the military. Wasn't able to do that. So, so you went to the Air Force to, Academy? Yeah, yeah. Went to the is, Air Force is that Academy in like, uh, five years. like Colorado or something? Yeah, it's in uh, Colorado Springs, Colorado. Okay. Yeah, nice place there. Um, I was basically, I never really left campus much. I was always head in the books type of thing. Um, but yeah, I did five years there, became an officer, was a nuclear missiles officer, spent- Good grief. Basic, yeah, it was spent like half the time underground, a day and a half above ground, a day and a half below ground. Um, and at that point, I was like, hey, this is not really giving me much fulfillment. So really just eat, slip, breathe, e-commerce, drop shipped, uh, high ticket, then eventually moved to private label and then um, sold my first business about a year and a half ago and then just scaling sense. Okay, so so you 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 uh, exited the military and then immediately went into like be, being an like uh, online entrepreneur, or or was there you know different jobs you held yeah. in in the meantime? Or um, I had 
I thankfully had replaced my income about six months before my military contract ended, but I knew. Also, so while while you were still in the military, you had started uh, selling online, doing different. Oh, okay. Yeah, Yeah, totally. It was like years of just burning all the ships, you know, some success, some failure, the entrepreneurship journey. Um, And then I was consulting for some uh, other brands that ended up exiting. So I had some experience consulting, had some online consulting income. What year about are we, we talking about here in the timeline? Um, so I, I started Amazon 2015, 2016. Uh, I left the military 2020 and exited my business uh, 2021. Okay. All right. So the, the yeah. business you exited, was it an Amazon business or was it yes, just yeah, online? Yes. It was an Amazon business. It was a $3,000 investment. Um, and then So I you started many, an Amazon business with $3,000 yeah, and then built it up to exit. Yes. Yeah. It was like, my, I think my fifth or sixth launch, product launch. Um, and then that, that specific product launch was $3,000 invested. And then with the cash flow and the exit, I netted a little over $830,000, which was a, I believe a 27,500% ROI. It was like the, the craziest, um, investment return I've ever done in my life. Um, and since then I've kind of just tried to scale out and uh, are you able to say expand. what kind of product it was or category at all? I mean, uh, if not, it's I fine. can say it was a, it was like a kitchen appliance accessory. Uh, okay. Less, yeah, less than ten dollars. Uh, so three thousand uh, dollars for like what was that? Five hundred units, thousand units, or what? Yeah, my landed cost was forty-five cents into Amazon. And whoa, um, whoa, 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 landed cost was forty-five cents a unit. Yeah, yeah. were you selling air? <laughs> what what, what, what was it. this? Yeah, yeah, it was, it was a, a really, really small kitchen appliance. Um, but I ended up selling the product. We had over sixteen thousand reviews when I sold it. Um, so what was the retail price for the product? The retail price, I started at $9. So I had crazy high margins. Um, and then of course, like, uh, competition came in, product costs got higher. I increased my product quality costs and my landed costs jumped to like a, like a dollar 50 landed eventually. Um, but yeah, it was just an amazing ride and it made up for all the losses. Obviously Um, it was, it was great. Did the FBA small and light, uh, was that a thing back then? No, it wasn't. It was mm. not a thing. So you're uh, paying just regular, uh, <laughs> regular FBA fees for. Yeah, for yeah, it was. And I think right, right, super, right before I sold it, Small and Light came out, um, and then I gave that opportunity to the buyer as a, hey, this is a, a way for you to increase margin. Um, interesting, interesting. That's like, like, living the dream right there. So, when you sold the brand, was it your whole Seller Central account that you sold and all the products in it? Was it just that product, or, or how did that work? Yeah, for sure. Yeah, when you exit, most people want to acquire the entire account instead of doing like you know yeah. a listing transfer. So they say. So I, I actually sold the entire account, and including my KDP account with it, which I had uh, made a, a book during COVID that was doing doing okay. But yeah, you sell, end up selling the, the entire account, uh, which is fine because you net a good amount of money, and it's okay to start up another account just under a brand new LLC, new new account. So they took over all the products you had in under the yes. account. But that, that yeah. was kind of like the hero product that 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 was doing most of the what 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 sure. did your annual revenue get up to before you exited? Yeah. So my my pricing period uh, was I was averaging about sixteen thousand dollars a month in profit after everything. Okay. Um and then with that I was able to exit. I think it was a like great timing, you know, it was post COVID. Uh this aggregators were starting to come into the space. Uh, it just made sense to take chips off. Was it an aggregator or just a private party that you sold to? This was a uh, a private party. Um, okay. Had yeah, had thankfully been educating myself for for years on how to sell my business. So when the time came, um, I knew exactly like what avenues would make sense versus not. 
Um, and we, I was able to exit all cash, uh, no earn out. Um, yeah, so super, super blessed and thankful. Is that when you became a digital nomad or were you, had you already started doing that before? Yeah, I'd already started. I knew like, uh, I knew in 2015 when I was underground, uh, that the life, this life wasn't for me at the time. So I was like, let me burn all the ships. When 2020 comes, no matter what, I will be a digital nomad, um, traveling. So it just ended up working out really, really well. And then since then I've consulted for some of the top aggregators, uh, continue to do so and helping other people sell their online business. Cool. All right, let, let's uh, switch over to Kanala now. Oh, where were you born and raised? Uh, bred and born in Leicester, um, in, the, in the UK. So you just stayed stayed um, local great. your whole life, huh? Yeah, I actually moved to Spain a few years ago. Um, yeah, back back here for now. And the plan is to get to Dubai hopefully next year. So. Okay. And then and then what about you? How did you, what, what was your educational uh, journey like upon graduating? Um, I, I don't know what you guys call it over there, high school. Yeah. I would say. Yeah, yeah. So we, I graduated in uh, accounting. Um, but yeah, there's a funny story because uh, after graduation, I applied for about 20, I think it was 22 or 23 jobs and got rejected from all of them. And the recruitment consultant said to me, uh, you're too entrepreneurial because I was actually challenging the the people that are interviewing <laughs> me. I couldn't get work. And it was, it was absolutely nuts because I was trying my best to get work. Um, but yeah, then kind of fell into e-com and Never looked back ever since. Okay, so you never did end up working in the county? Never, <laughs> never. I've never been employed. I love it. I love it. So all, all the skills. Been what what year did, did, you know, was all this happening where you were getting rejected at these jobs? That was 2011. Okay. Uh, yeah, so I went I went nearly 12 months without any Still living with your, like, family at home, like parents, or, or how were you supporting yourself? Yeah. yeah. yeah you that's that's, that's, that's so. the way to do it. And then- come from the Indian family, right? So, well, yeah, like, well, you know, the, the stereotype is, you know, for, you know, I'm, I'm half Filipino myself, you know, like Asian, Asian families are like, Hey, you need to become a doctor or lawyer or something like that. Or Filipinos like nurses or something. But, uh, what, what, what was their mindset when you would get rejected, uh, job after job where they weren't, uh, giving you a hard time? To be found third in line in the family. So they weren't really, by the time they got, ah, okay, to me, they there you go. If you were the first born, it would have been a different, uh, would have been a different story. Yeah. Yeah. And then, so what was your first entrepreneurial endeavor then, uh, when, when you finally settled into that? So I actually started playing around with e-com at age 16. So I was selling diet plans on eBay. (laughs) Uh, and I was was, selling diet plans on eBay. I, how do you sell a diet plan on eBay? I was was the fat kid selling diet plans on eBay because there was an opportunity there. Right. And, uh, yeah, and I was making money. Well, I, I funded my whole college and university what? through selling diet uh, plans. Yeah, I think yeah, diet is a is an ebook, and it was automatically sent to the customer. Uh, and yeah, it's funny in hindsight when I look back. You know, these women that were buying this diet plan, they were actually starving because you're, they're only on like six hundred calories. So, um, so, so, so there's oh, a yeah, whole bunch of women in the UK buying a diet plan from a sixteen year old guy, uh, kid. Exactly. But you have to remember this was like, you know, 25, 20 years uh-huh. ago, right? So, Oh, 20 years. Um, what are you talking about? Yeah. 20? Oh, when you were 16. Okay. I was about to say, okay. Um, yeah. yeah exactly. Okay. That's interesting. All right. Like, you know, uh, I'm not sure we, we're going to suggest everybody to, to start when you're 16 and selling, uh, uh, diet plants where you should only eat 600 calories. I'm not sure if that's the most <laughs> healthy thing, at least here in the States, yeah. you can get in trouble for doing, uh, doing that perhaps. So then you're making money throughout 
you know, high school throughout uh, university. And then now come, you know, 2012, 2013, you're, you're full-time entrepreneur. What kind of, I'm assuming you weren't continuing to sell diet plans at yeah. that time. We actually, um, with my brothers, we set up one of the biggest uh, UK cosmetic brands for men. So in beard care, um, which became fairly big. So we did like shark, the Shark Tank equivalent in the UK called Dragon's Den. Um, Is that like I a TV show over there 20- uh, as well? Yeah. And yeah, then so you yeah, were exactly, on the yeah. show so we, like with yeah. your brothers? Yeah, so we did the show in 2018, um, and then I sold the company in 2020, literally like a week before the pandemic. Interesting. So yeah, so so like like beard oils and and things like that, and yeah, all, all of that. So like there was beard brand in the US, um, you know, Dollar Beard Club. We were we were kind of the number one in the UK and Europe. Were you selling on Amazon as well, uh, or or was this all just like on a dot com website or? So eBay was actually at one point like 100% of our business. Then we kind of uh, went what, on What kind of revenue Amazon were you doing we, on this brand on, on eBay per year? Uh, a couple, of, couple million. of million on eBay. That's crazy. Well, let's switch back to uh, Reggie. I, I, see, I, I picked two good guys. Like I, I, I had no idea about anybody's yeah. backstories here. I just knew that they were serious sellers club members. So I knew they were doing, you know, uh, substantial revenue. And so I was like, say no more, just bring it on. And I'm going to find out about you guys uh, on here. So, so let's go back to Reggie. I, I'm just curious what, what was the inspiration behind deciding to to be homeless? <laughs> In other words, like you know, like you know, I, I you know, I couldn't do it because you know I've got uh, family and and things like that. Or you know, I, I suppose I still could, but but they, they they hate traveling and stuff. But was this something that you've always wanted to do? Uh, you like traveling, or you just don't like staying in one place? You get restless, or what was the thought process there? Yeah, I think at the end of the day, it was I remember when I got to the point where I. Had product launch failure after product launch failure. And I was like, considering giving up, I was, you know, I was asking like, what's my why? And once I internalized my why, I had this like complete mind shift change. And it was to do what I love, uh, wherever I want, whenever I want, surrounded by the people I love. And in 2015, 2016, 2017, around that time, I looked around and like nobody was working remotely. Uh, There weren't that many like opportunities to make um, significant amounts of money online that were like just quote unquote easy to do. Um, so once I internalized, I guess that, that, uh, that thought process, that, that became my strong why to, to move forward and become a nomad. And, and I just really, really love it now being able to pick up and go wherever, whenever, uh, I absolutely love it work on my own time. So how does it work? Do you like set up Airbnbs for like months at a time or, or uh, do you have a trailer yeah. or what, what do you do? Yeah. So I, I I've done, everything from traveling with two checked luggage all the way from like a you know a small carry-on bag and a small roll-on i never really do the whole like backpacking nobody really does that i feel like it's like where are you going where you're not gonna be able to roll a luggage like there's always gonna be someone that you can either hire you know someone to to take your luggage for you so Mm -hmm. um yeah I, i normally just pack everything up and i'm pretty pretty uh passionate about different types of travel gear so i'm always like looking at at, at what works but um yeah i absolutely love it and how long do you stay in like one place one place uh, i try and stay at least three months anything less okay. than that is way too much turnover um so i i get i'm like very big on systems i feel what is your average per month then does it end up like with your you know not, not counting food but but you know like mm-hmm. I mean, I guess, you know, oh, there's no yeah, utility. Yeah. So it, it, all you're paying is for is the Airbnb. So like your, your lodging, what, what does it come out to uh, a month? Yeah, I think really it's just choose your own adventure. Um, 
I've done like the super cheap studio, like kind of rinky dink all the way to like, Hey, I want to like live, live really nice with the, with the view. Um, so I travel right now with my partner. Um, and I think I would say for most people, unfortunately right now with like the state of the economy, you really can't find anything for anything that isn't like really, really low quality for under like $1,200 a month. I would say it's like the standard in most, most places for like a one, a one bedroom. Um, so I would say all in, you're probably at like three grand at least a month, uh, to live like really, really comfortably. I haven't cooked in like two years. I literally order everything, uh, on, on like Uber and things like that. So it's very, very DoorDash and stuff like that. Yeah. DoorDash. So you get, you really get to like Uber everywhere, Uber eats everything, travel, and it makes it really, really nice. Just Googled it right now. I'm like, Hey, wait, this is a, this is a show that's, uh, that's, uh, like pretty, pretty legit here. So what was, what were you trying to get? on that show and then what, what, what happened when you were on there? Yeah. So we, we went in for 150 grand, which is in, in hindsight, again, doesn't seem like a lot of money now that everything I know now, it doesn't seem like a lot. Uh, but yeah, we got four offers and we took two. Um, so two people called Peter Jones and Tej Lalvani. So yeah, big players, they're worth like half a billion each. Interesting. All right. And then, so the, th- this was before the exit, I mean, that wasn't the exit. Like you weren't exiting and they were buying your brand. Like you got the investment and then, and then built it up even more the brand. And then, and then you exited later. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. That's it. Um, and then, so did you, after that, what do, what did you do? You know, you didn't become a digital nomad like, like, like Reggie here. So what did, what did you do upon uh, exit? Any, any lifestyle changes, buy a house or anything like that? Yeah, no, I mean, we had we had a stability already, but for me, it was just moving away from the UK where it's like raining half the year. So we went to uh, move to Spain for a bit. Um, so love the lifestyle there. But then it was a pandemic, so we couldn't really do much. So um, the plan is to still. Uh, so I came back to the UK for family. Uh, the plan is to get out of the UK again next year at some point. Okay. And okay. And um, you did you after that the uh, entrepreneur entrepreneurial wise, you started another brand or what? What happened after? Yeah, yes. Within so after I sold um, the, uh, the beard care brand, yeah. Within within a few days, I started. Within a few days, brand. you didn't even take any time mm-hmm. off. Huh? <laughs> right, because I enjoy what yeah. I do, so it doesn't feel like work, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. So, and then the, the first challenge was how do I get to hundred k in you know in a month, or and it took me three months, and then it was like how do I get to seven figures, and I did that within just over a year. So, and, and now this was mainly on Amazon, or were you still doing the eBay things? Purely Amazon. Like I realized that Amazon is the best platform. If you want to do it fast, do it on Amazon. Okay. Interesting. Interesting. What was the biggest differences for you learning Amazon, you know, coming from 10 years on, on, on eBay? Um, Amazon is the, the algorithm, you know, I think if you follow Amazon's advice, um, and the main thing probably really that's helped me is Helium 10 is, it's the tools. Like without the tools, I won't be in the position I'm in right now. Um, but yeah, Amazon, um, it's got more, uh, competitive over the years. So I think definitely understanding how the algorithm works, um, using the right tools, having the right communities around you as well. Okay. Excellent. Excellent. Now what, um, what are some strategies? Let's talk strategies for the rest of this uh, episode here. Um, what's some strategies that, that, that you feel are a little bit unique that, that help you scale to 1 million so fast and help you build up these other brands? You know, like I'm not talking about stuff like, Oh, I, I tried to eat, keep my PPC a cost low, you know, like everybody knows that, but like, are, are you doing anything unique, wh- whether it's inventory, whether it's P- PPC, whether it's your listing optimization off Amazon traffic, what are some of the things that you're doing that have, 
that have given you the success that you've uh, had? Um, for me, it's finding markets where or, or, or um, areas where there's regulation, where a lot, basically you have to jump through more barriers mm-hmm. uh, because if you look at how many people are you, you know, selling on Amazon now, um, it's, it's, it's really difficult for new brands to come along. But if you jump more hoops, you know, then you can, you can get into a market that you can really scale so, up. So, so, so like looking for where there's like a lot of regulate, like government regulation or Amazon regulation, where not just anybody can just launch a product, but they have to go through a process of like certificates and things like that. Yeah, a combination because obviously Amazon have become a lot more strict. So government, Amazon. Um, how, how do you find something or like what's your process of finding something like that? Like how do you know if, if it's something that's regulated or not? It's just time on Helium 10. It's just, you know, research and then clicking stuff and then, yeah, studying really. Okay. And then so that's how you get into a niche, like like I guess the pet brand. And then and then are you just exp- are you just trying to focus on like a really big hero uh, product or are you trying to build build these brands and, and have multiple products that are accessory of each, uh, accessories of each other or that one person yeah. would buy multiple of? The, the key at the start was trying to find a couple of hero products to so just smash it. Uh, but now it's all about adding accessories, um, other products, you know, that people will buy in the, in the niche um, and expanding it that okay. way. I'll go, uh, we'll get get back to you with some more uh, strategy soon. But uh, Reggie, what about you after your exit? You, you, you started going to Digital Nomad and started consulting for different brands. Did, um, I'm assuming you, you didn't start back something within three days, you know, like Canal here. But but did you end up starting your own brand again or is everything you do now for for other people? Yeah, I think it's important to always have at least one hand as an operator. So I, I have been selling since. Um, okay. Scaling on and off Amazon. Um, and, uh, it's definitely, the marketplace has definitely changed a lot over the, just over the last few years, but the principles are always the same. Um, so I think as long as you're kind of always learning the principles, learning those fundamentals and applying them, you know, the principles over tactics type of thing end up working out really, really well. Okay. And so what's, what, what are some strategies that you're utilizing either for, for stuff that you've done in your own brand or, or that you've seen work for, for, you know, companies that you've been working with? Uh, what are some unique strategies you can you can share with the audience? Yeah, I would say like, um, and they sound very basic, but I've helped a lot of sellers at different levels from some of the biggest aggregators to, you know, some of the smallest people just getting started. And I would say at the smallest level for people who aren't profitable yet, I love right now the strategy of still sourcing things under $2 uh, per unit landed into Amazon. And there's a lot of products you can find like that. It allows you to always be launching. It allows you to um, limit your downside risk. Um, so I, I generally look for products that that's like my primary requirement. Can I get it landed into Amazon for less than $2? And then I'm re- hyper focused on differentiation. So I have a course, it's literally like four and a half hours long. And all I do is talk product research and half of it is differentiation. And without having to take the course, one of the easiest ways to become a differentiation like master, in my opinion, is to spend the weekend going to Walmart, Target, all your big box stores with like a notepad or your, your phone, look at every single product and ask yourself, what is this product doing better than the product next to it, above it, from packaging, from whatever? And you'll end up with a list, a really exhaustive list. So I generally look at a list um, like that when I enter a niche. I really try to understand the niche. And it's those, again, those principles. If you get into a niche like pet and you, don't, and you realize like, hey, the pet category right now likes um, you know, more natural, organic, more single ingredient, human grade. Um, you know, they, they refer to their dogs as fur babies. 
Um, you know, they, they generally like glucosamine, salmon, you know, these different types of things. If you really, really understand and know that, you know, the buyer profile, you can create that differentiation that's needed. You can pull that all the way through from your, through your listing, your photos, your video, and have one cohesive, strong, differentiated product that really stands out. So on the lower end, it's that low price point. Um, and I'm always watching out for, regardless of size, variations. So if I'm looking at a, to get into a new category, I don't want to go and be like, oh, I found the best differentiation, but the top seller can within a month launch that variation and, and, and kind of close me out. So I, I make sure that it's not a variation heavy niche or I'm one of the first ones to be able to kind of rank in that area and then defend myself by launching variations. And then really quickly on the larger scale, very, very basic as well. Um, but on the larger scale, some of the biggest brands, um, their knowledge of Amazon is not that in-depth as a, a seller that's launched six or seven brands by himself and had to make make you know, make the rent work type of thing. So they're not as in-depth on the keywords. One of the things I love doing, and uh, I use Helium 10 for it as well, is I reverse ASIN. Of course, easy one. I reverse ASIN, uh, my competitors. But what I do differently than I feel most people do is I, sing, I only reverse ASIN the top competitors one by one. So I don't dump them in. Um, and get a quote-unquote skewed average. I dump them in individually, and then I sort by organic position, one through thirty. And what that does is, for for some of the top competitors, if I if I if I feel like I find, let's say, somebody not even the top competitor, let's say page two, right? They're they're not ranking, um, they're not taking up a majority of the sales, but they're on page two and they're getting sales, so they're doing something right. Uh, they, but they probably aren't. They probably weren't first to market. Well, if I reverse ASIN them. And I, and I see that they're ranked position five for a keyword that all other people aren't. I actually can find these keywords early. Um, and what ends up happening for big brands is they're ranked for these unique keywords like um, skincare uh, products for women that they didn't even know about, but they actually can compete on because they have the reviews or, um, or it's a decor type of keyword, right? There's all these different things. So finding mm-hmm. those keywords on an individual reverse ASIN basis has been extremely powerful. And it keeps me very focused when I'm providing consultations. Okay, so now going back to the strategy about, you know, like looking at Walmart aisles and stuff. Now, do you pick a product first and then try and find it in the stores to see what what they're doing to set themselves apart? Or are you just like, is that the origin of it? You just start walking down aisles and look for unique things Oh, it's chicken and egg here. Which comes first? Yeah, a little bit of both. Like when you're when you're learning high ticket dropshipping, you're doing the opposite end, which is normally like just seeing what you know, like what's your touch list type of thing. I think on Amazon, it's better, generally speaking, to go off of keywords because you know Amazon's a search platform. So mm-hmm. I go off of keyword uh, keyword research, and my, I let my keyword research identify like okay, you know, it's it's a it's a pet supplement for small dogs with hip problems. Well, then maybe that's I'm gonna let that key. I see good opportunity there. I'm gonna let that drive my product selection, my product sourcing, my differentiation, um, and then from there I'll let my differentiation map to the market. Like I'm not gonna go and make a collapsible supplement bottle that makes no sense. I'm gonna go and source higher quality ingredients, or you know, look at that list that makes sense and apply that to that market. Okay. Awesome. Awesome. All right. Going back to Kunal, what, what are some other strategies you think that uh, has helped you and also that other sellers you think should be uh, utilizing perhaps more? Yeah. A key, a key thing I do is actually, because the, I know the USA market is much bigger than the UK, I'll actually look at uh, reviews and products that are doing really well there and then bring them into the British market because nobody else is doing this. I found that, you know, um, so you can look at alternative markets and bring in products because one, you already know if they've got good reviews because we mm-hmm. only launch products that are four star and above. 
uh, we can already, without even launching the product in the market, we can see somebody else has done it in another international market and bring that in. So we're eliminating all the risk. Excellent, excellent. What else? What was the thought process behind only launching in the beginning in the in in the UK as opposed to like from day one going ahead and doing Germany and and you know Italy and Spain and things like that? I think the key uh, is this language barrier. Uh, now, now Ger- Germany is a huge market, probably bigger than the UK, but again, it's language, doing all your packaging in German, but it's probably just a bit of an excuse. Um, but now that I've dominated in the UK, it's, it feels more comfortable to do the UK first. Um, but yeah, but it's, it, now it's, it's so easy to launch in Germany because you use platforms like Fiverr, people per hour at work and, and get German translators in. So Okay. Um what what is in i mean what what's involved in it now that you're getting into germany and stuff like what's are you having to open up a from day one like a, a vat specifically for germany are you going to have to send all of your inventory over or will amazon you know transfers your uk inventory how, how does it work in 2023 because i know you know brexit you know years ago had an effect on things and and i've never sold in either marketplace so i'm just curious what the process is like yeah, so it took it took Amazon years to catch up. So only about six months ago, they introduced a program where you could ship your stock back into Germany. Um, but Amazon in, invited us guys to send the stock to the UK, and they all do all the transfers for us. Uh, but yeah, we did we did we needed VAT registration, um, so we've we've got that now. Uh, but yeah, we, all we need to do is send the stock to Amazon in the UK in London, and they'll trans- do all the transfers for us. Okay. But it, again, it took them two years, yeah, right? Yeah. Two and a half years. Yep. All right, uh, Reggie, going back to you, any other strategies you'd like to uh, share with the audience? Yeah, um, I actually, I think the, the state of e-commerce and online now, um, I actually, one of the things I do is I have been doing a lot of off Amazon marketing. So uh, when, I, when I start up a brand, one of the things that I'll, I'll immediately do is type my main keyword into Google with the word best. So best, you know, chef knife. And you literally just start going down Google contacting those people, doing whatever you can to get either a backlink, um, you know, or traffic, an affiliate referral. And there's different ways you can offer uh, offer them to put that in there. It's like, hey, you know, are you a part of the affiliate program? If so, I'll double, triple any commission you have. Uh, I will send all post-purchase traffic back to you. And if you make a video, all different things you can do um, to start building an offline presence, uh, which can only help your Amazon, especially now with PPC. It's just, you know, pretty expensive. Uh, so it's a lot it's much more um, expensive to kind of like mess around and find out the hard way uh, learning PPC in, uh, in a very, like PPC is just really hard to master. I feel like the way I like to explain it is like PPC is you're playing chess, like a hundred different chess board games all at once. That's always changing all the time. And so if this is your first product and you're coming in and you only have $5,000, $3,000 or $10,000 and you need to do a $2,000 PPC launch and you don't understand what's going on, it becomes very expensive. I'm finding now taking a portion of that budget and allocating that early on to things that directly transfer to an Amazon listing, whether it's a, a direct URL with existing foothold traffic, very, very powerful. And I know Pinterest is something that uh, is definitely on more people's minds now. I've a lot of traffic from Pinterest in the past, uh, pinning boards and, and repinning them. Um, I have a, a website that does 30,000 uh, page visits a month. And I get a lot of that from, uh, from, from Pinterest repinning over and over again. Okay. Now, um, something I, I ask guests, you know, around this year um, is like, hey, what are you doing to stay 
mentally, physically healthy. You know, I say that, and these guys saw me eating a piece of pizza right before uh, I started recording. I'll go ahead and call myself out. It wasn't my choice, but that was what the lunch I was handed. But uh, like, you know, hobbies uh, and and just physical, physical, uh, you know, fitness routine and adult mental health routine. You do anything um, uh, that you can share, uh, Reggie? Um, I, I feel like I've been through a little bit of the gamut. Um, for me, I realized like after like the third or fourth product failure and uh, I re- hit a really low point and I realized it's actually not my Amazon knowledge that's getting in the way. It's myself. It's how I structure my routines, everything. So I started with just like motivational playlists. So I have some motivational playlists that I started with all the way to like meditation. Um, and then I actually created a journal. It's just a KDP journal. Um, and journaling, finding some some kind of iterative process where you're reflecting, some kind of gratitude process, some kind of like, hey, let me prioritize my actions for the day. Um, and then let me reflect on those actions, whether it's people I've came across, emotions I've felt. Uh, so journaling's really, really helped me. What about you, Kanal? Uh, hobbies or, or fitness, uh, fitness yeah. routines? Uh, I think, yeah, one of the fundamental shifts I've had is changing my training in the morning to now afternoon. Because I spend all my days just launching products and it's quite intense, right? So now, now what I do at one o'clock, I, I switch off and I go to the gym for a couple of hours uh, and then I get back to work again, but it's just changing from the morning to the afternoon. Uh, and like Reggie said, it's the, um, it's, it's, it's the reflection piece for me. It's like every time I, I always get caught up in the chase of wanting more and more and more. Uh, and then I have to take a step back and say, actually, what am I doing this for? And it's for freedom for my family, for me. Um, so it's always, it's just taking 10, 15 minutes a day, just sitting down and, reflecting on life awesome awesome all right reggie if people want to find you on the interwebs uh how can they how can they uh, uh find you out there sure yeah just type in my name reggieyoung.com you can find everything there um course material and exit advice if you're looking for it and Kunal, like you don't have to give information if you don't want to but like if people wanted to reach out to you uh linkedin yeah, or how- linkedin linkedin's best one uh Kunal Dutardi, um also known as the lifestyle entrepreneur well, Reggie and, and Kanal, uh, thank you for being part of the uh, Serious Sellers Club. If there's any Helium 10 members out there who have, have not even have no idea what I'm talking about, like if you've been selling for a year or more and are doing uh, $500,000 of revenue um, per year, that means you're eligible to join this exclusive club. So make sure to reach out to customer support to get the uh, link to uh, to join. And it, you know it's completely free to be part of there. But we have a community. We have a weekly trainings. That, that we do and, and sometimes networking and it, it's a cool, you know, cool, small group to be in where you, know, you don't have to worry about there being a bunch of service providers trying to sell you things. It's just other sellers just like you. So if you're a Helium 10 member, make sure to join our Serious Sellers Club uh, Facebook group. Uh, Reggie and Kanal, thank you so much for joining and I'd love to reach out to you guys sometime next year and, and see, uh, see where you guys are at. Thank you for having me. Awesome. Appreciate it. Thanks for having me.